Hello and welcome to another episode of the Warrior Within the Woman podcast. I am your host, Pastor Lauren Daniel, and today we are going into part two of our Sorcerers Among the Saints podcast episode. If you haven't yet, please click and subscribe to wherever you're listening, whether it's on our YouTube channel or on the podcast streaming platform of your choice. Let's jump right into the Word of God today. And I want to ask you... Are you the type that is going to deal with the enemy? Are you the type that's going to make deals with the enemy? That is what I want to talk to you today. Are you a sorcerer among the saints? Are you a wolf in sheep's clothing? And listen, this is me asking myself. This is something we need to constantly be looking at in our lives. Where am I? Where am I with God? The first type The ones who are going to deal with the enemy. The Jehu generation. I believe that there is the spirit of Jehu. The presence of God. The boldness. The courage that was over Jehu's life. Is going through our country. Is walking through our churches. And God is wanting to anoint his people. Anoint our warriors ready for the fight. That are not afraid what people think. Not afraid of what they feel about them or what they think about their calling or their mission and that's okay we don't have to always agree but I'm telling you there is a generation of people God is wanting to anoint as he did Jehu and I want to be in that I want to be in that generation I want to be a warrior that is not afraid to tell the truth and speak the truth I don't want to be afraid to of correction from the Holy Spirit I want to grow I want to mature They're not afraid to deal with sin, not afraid to kill off the things inside them that is not of God. You know what's easy? Finding things we don't like about other people. That's easy. Getting offended is easy. Easy, easy peasy. We can do that, right? You know what's hard? Is realizing and becoming self-aware enough of your own issues. And letting God change you, that's hard. That's difficult. When we realize that we are the issue, I'm the issue. You're the issue. We're all the issue. We're human. We we speak out of our flesh sometimes. We act out of emotion. We, We are offended by the littlest things. We judge other ministers and leaders easily because we are the issue and it is hard coming to the point of realization that we got our own stuff to deal with I've got my own stuff to work on we're allowing the spirit of Jezebel to run rampant in our churches and we're fighting with one another and and we're talking about each other and and our the intentions of our heart are so wicked because we're so focused on judging other ministers and judging other Christians that we don't look in the mirror. And I'm asking you, if you're truly desiring a growth and maturity inside of you, look in the mirror and ask God, show me what needs to change so that I can become a Jehu. 
Help me become the generation that is bold enough to call it out like I see it and to deal with the enemy in my own home and in my family, in my marriage, in my children's lives, in our churches. Help me be bold. Help me be strong. He wants, the, the thing is, we are, we are so consumed by our own pettiness that we're arguing with one another and so focused on things that don't matter. And the devil's laughing at us. He's sitting back and laughing at us because we're competing with other churches. We're fighting with other Christians. When people are around us dying and going to hell, we're too busy fighting about the stupidest things. That's not a Jehu generation. If we are in this monotonous cycle that we are not willing to look at ourselves and say, I am the issue and change ourselves, we're just going to go through the cycle of insanity of doing the same thing over and over and over without any life change, without any heart change. And the devil's just sitting here laughing at us because we're so consumed with our own selves. The second type of person is the person, the ones making a deal with the enemy. The Saul generation. If you look in 1 Samuel 28, we look and see that King Saul is toward the end of his life, the end of his journey. And not because he wants to be. Saul is king and he has tried and, and he's working on himself and he has followed the commandments. He's starting to follow the commandments of God. He's trying to renew that relationship with God. He casts out all of the sorcerers and all of the witches and all the witchcraft from the land because that's what he did before, right? And there's nothing wrong with that for, for us to say, okay, I need to change. We're going to change, right? And so I'm going to get the alcohol out of the house or I'm going to get, I'm going to get, I'm going to get password protection on my computer, or I'm going to do these steps. I'm going to stop talking about people. I'm going to stop um, judging other people. These things, the, we take these steps so that our lives can change. And there's nothing wrong with that. He's doing that. King Saul, he had banished all the witches, forbidden all of the sorcerers from the land. And in this moment, Saul is... He sees that they're getting ready to go to war against the Philistines. And not hearing from God now, right? He had talked to God. God had given him hope. Like, listen, I'm going to be with you. You are my people. But Saul wanted to hear from God now. It, the last word God gave him was not good enough. He needed to hear from him again and so Saul, in his fear, is like, God, please talk to me. Please talk to me. And some of us need to get out of this place that the last word God gave you isn't good enough. We have to get out of this mindset that God has to give me a new direction every day or every other week for me to feel like I'm in the right place. Sometimes God is silent in the moment, in the season you're in, because there's growth that needs to happen before he can talk to you again, before he chooses to speak again. Why don't you take him at his word that he spoke before? Come on, somebody. The, the, the word he gave you before is still good. He's not a liar. 
He's not a man that he should lie. He is here. He is holding on to you. And if he told you, I'm going to bring you through, I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. But that word is still good. That word is still a promise. But Saul, in his emotions and his fear, leans back into what he knows and what he is comfortable with. The life he lived before, who he was before, where he went for comfort before. And so Saul, in this moment of fear and not hearing from God and the fear of what was going to happen, he turns to the people he trusts. Now listen to me. He turns to the people he trusts and tells them, find me a witch. Now, in this scripture, in 1 Samuel chapter um, 28, I'm, I'm reading this and in my brain I can't get over the fact that he has tried to make things right and he's, he's banished all the witches and sorcerers and he's trying to do this stuff, even with anger in his heart and the whole issue with David, okay? It's a whole other, a whole other message, but... He's trying, right? He, dude's trying, okay? And, and he's trying to do these things. And all of the people, all of his, if you will, his cabinet, right? Like a president. All these people that are with him from the beginning, I assume they see him trying to make things right. He, they see him banishing the witches and the sorcerers. They see him doing all these things. And I get it. Like there at that time, like you go against the king, you probably get beheaded or something. But these people he trusts that he's surrounded with, the people he is surrounded with, he goes to them in fear and says, get me a witch. Find me a witch. I know that there's one. There has to be one. I know I banished them, but there has to be one around here. Find me one. And they agree to it. These people he's surrounded with agree to find him a witch. Like, so maybe you should reconsider who's hanging out with you. <laughs> like, who you're trusting. Who your confida confidants are. But like, that right there, that light bulb moment, it was like the Holy Spirit speaking. Be cautious of who is around you. I don't care if they're other ministers. I don't care if they are Christians. I don't care if they're saved, unsaved, whatever they call themselves. If they see you trying to move forward and change and see you trying to banish the enemy from your life and in a moment of fear, instead of saying, listen, calm down, breathe a minute. You're afraid, but God said, do you remember what God said? Because if you think about it, if you think about it, okay, if these people were with Saul, most likely they were there or Saul had shared with them what God had spoken to him before, right? I'm assuming. This is not in the word of God. I'm assuming. But even then, like for them to see this and then say, oh yeah, yeah, we got you. We got you. Oh, I knew this wasn't going to last. I knew this, that you trying to fix your life wasn't going to last. I'm so, okay, yeah, we'll find you a witch. Don't worry, Saul. You sit down, breathe, buddy. We're going we're gonna to take care of you. Like, what kind of people are you surrounding yourself? Are they just waiting for you to give up so that they can have fun again? 
Are they watching your life and saying, this isn't going to last? She's tried it multiple times, ain't going to last this time. Or are they truly spiritually interceding on your behalf, praying with you? Like, who are you surrounding yourself with? Are they people that are going to help you defeat the enemy? Or are they going to go get you a witch so you can make a deal with her? What are the people around you doing? Who are you around? What are they, how are they contributing to your life? So they find this witch, okay? And, and I want to say, he had made a decree, right? He had made a decree, no witches or sorcerers in the land, okay? Out, y'all gone, okay? I'll kill you, right? Decree. Just because you make a decree doesn't mean the devil will flee. Woo, that's a good word. But seriously, like, we can decree, I'm changing. This is going to change. I'm going to get right with God. I'm going to change. I'm going to start being more self-aware of my issues than other people. But just because you say it out your mouth, but your actions don't line up with it, the devil is just going to be like, okay, have fun. I'm going to sit right here. Get comfortable again. We have to make a decision who are you? Who do you want to be? Do you want to be a Jehu generation that is going to see where your flaws are? Ask God to change them and create in you a new heart, a bold heart, a Jehu heart that is not going to worry about what the enemy is saying, but the tenacity of Jehu to take that mission and deal with the enemy. So Saul goes, he dresses up, he gets all, I mean, he... He disguises himself and goes in the middle of the night to the witch. And it's amazing to me, the people of, in the word of God that disguise themselves thinking it's going to change or like God's not going to see them. I don't know. I Honestly, knowing Saul and just the way that he is described in the Bible, he seems like a type of person that was probably more worried about his people seeing him than God. But either way, God sees it. Don't matter if you got your jewelry on, your cute jacket, your hair fixed, or you you look like a, somebody rolled out of bed. Like, I, I could change everything about myself, but guess what? God is still going to see my heart. So Saul goes to this witch in secret, and in the middle of this, God deals with Saul, tell, like, pretty much shows up, okay? God shows up, deals with it, and Saul truly compromises he compromises his kingship he compromises the anointing of god okay god has anointed him king even though he wasn't the greatest king okay there's lots to talk about there he wasn't the awesome, he wasn't the best king but god had anointed him king he compromises and ultimately seals his fate by going to this witch be cautious you don't fall back into the sin, back into the lifestyle, back into talking or judging other people, back into whatever God's dealing with you about. Be cautious you don't fall back into that or it could compromise the anointing. God's love is true. God's love is constant. It will love you no matter what to the end of time. But... We must be cautious and concerned about where we're going in this next season. Reading this scripture, God truly just dropped 
this warning in my heart. And I believe it's not only for me, but for you who are listening. Be cautious. Be aware of your surroundings. Don't fall back into that, that sin. Don't fall back into that old pattern because it's comfortable and you're afraid. Deal with the enemy. Who do we want to be? Who are we going to be? Saul ends up going to war and all of his people, all of the warriors die on Israel's side. And he looks at his armor bearer and in his grief of knowing he has messed it up, that he's truly sealed his fate of going back, going to this witch, he looks at his armor bearer and he says, I need you to kill me. I need you to take your sword and kill me because I don't want the enemy to capture me and have their way with me, so I need you to kill me. And the armor bearer, he refuses because I'm sure you spend so much time with someone like they're your friend. And so Saul, in his despair and his fear and his grief and just knowing he's lost what God had given him because of falling back into that old life and that comfortable life, he takes his sword and he kills himself. He falls on it. And I don't know who you are listening to this today, but... I'm telling you, there is hope. There's hope because of Jesus. That even though you've walked away or, or slid backwards into a comfortable life to a place that is known to you instead of the unknown. A place that's familiar even though it's heartbreaking and you know you're dying slowly. Don't kill yourself. Don't fall on the sword spiritually. Don't kill yourself physically. Don't let this emotional distress and this spiritual distress take you out. We look back at Jehu and he's on a mission. <clears throat> it's a sobering thought to see that Saul had so much that God had given him, but in a moment of fear, he gave it up. Because he was not confident and did not have the faith to take God at his word. But I'm reminded of Jehu who was not afraid to take God's word and hide it. And take the mission seriously. And so Jehu is on his way and he gets to Jezreel. Which is where Jezebel is. And when she sees him, Jezebel knows that it is her time. So she puts on a full face of makeup, puts her clothes on, and she sits at the window. And she waits. <clears throat> and Jehu gets there and he calls up to them, who is on my side? And in some translations it says, who is on the Lord's side? And the eunuchs that are there, the eunuchs that are there, I don't know if you know much about eunuchs, but eunuchs are men that have been castrated as younger men that are put in the service of the king. And they're normally men that are there to help 
the queen um, in her bedroom or take care of her, protect her in her bedroom. And they thought, you know, I'm going, we'll castrate them so that they don't get tempted to do anything or hurt the queen, right? So those are what eunuchs were. And as I'm reading this, God truly showed me that these eunuchs, they have more meaning than what we're giving them in the scripture. A lot of people will just read it and move on about Jezebel dying, but I want to focus on these eunuchs for a moment. These eunuchs were her servants. They were her slaves. And I'm reminded that the closer you get to Jezebel and the more you entertain the spirit of Jezebel, the more you will not reproduce what God has intended you for you to produce. In other words, the more we give in to the lust of the flesh, we will stop reproducing spiritually. You will stop producing that fire. We will stop producing revival in our lives. We will stop producing that when we get so lustful and we grab a hold of that spirit of Jezebel and we let it take over, the less likely we are to produce what God has intended for us to produce all along. And when Jehu calls up to Jezebel and these eunuchs and it says, who is on the, who is on the Lord's side? Who is on my side? And then Jehu says, throw her down. The slaves pick her up. The slaves do it. They pick her up and they pick her up and throw her out the window. And that is how Jezebel meets the end of her life. The slaves do it. Not just Jehu, in the authority of God, and the anointing of God, goes and deals with the enemy, goes there. Because listen, if Jehu wasn't there, the slaves would not have been empowered to throw the enemy down. Come on, somebody. If Jehu had not walked on the scene ridden on the scene and yelled up to give the slaves authority, to remind them of the authority they have and the anointing they have. And Jehu reminded the servants, the slaves, the people that could not produce what they were supposed to produce, the people that were enslaved to Ahab and Jezebel, he reminded them some of y'all need to remember, God has anointed you to remind the slaves, to remind the people that are in chains of their addiction that there is freedom. There is freedom in the midst of this painful experience. There is freedom in the midst of all of this. Jehu reminded them and they threw her down and killed her and their chains were instantly broken. They no longer had to serve a wicked queen. We must be reminded whether you want to stay oblivious to what's going on and your own issues and be like Saul, that's fine. Accept the spirit of Jezebel, that's fine. But I'm talking to the generation that is tired of being chained up, that is tired of dealing with the same old, same old stuff, the generation that is ready to step up and say, I want to be a Jehu. I want to remind people of the freedom. So God, free from my own thoughts, free me from my own sin. Show me 
What needs to change inside of me so that I can be a Jehu in this generation? So that I can be bold and not afraid to deal with the enemy and to remind people the freedom that you have. So today, today I ask you, who do you want to be? The one that is dealing with the enemy? The one that is going to deal with the enemy? Or the one making a deal with the enemy? Are you the one that is going to say, I don't care as long as God sends me, I'll follow him? Or are you going to be the one that in your emotion, in your fear, giving in and going back to the life, to the familiar, to the broken? Will you be... Let, will you allow God to break the chains and let you kill off the enemy in your life? God wants to empower you, sister. He wants to empower you, brother. You are warriors for a reason. You are anointed for a reason. Don't let the enemy convince you otherwise. I pray that this week you confront the enemy stronger than you've ever done before. Deal with him. You have the authority to deal with him. Thank you so much for tuning in. I pray with every ounce of my heart that you go in the authority that God has given you this week. You go with the joy and peace of the Lord that it is going to work out and that he may be anointing you specifically to deal with the issue. So don't be afraid. We'll see you next week with another episode here on our YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe, like, comment below. It helps the algorithm. And click the little bell. It will give you notifications when we set up new episodes. And we'll be putting up old episodes this coming week. I'm going to be recording older episodes of our podcast. So don't forget to tune in there. God bless you. Have an awesome week. And we'll see you next week with another episode of the Warrior Within the Woman podcast. Love you, friend.